y'all. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 238. And y'all, Donna's girl. Oh, I know. Loretta Lynn. Donna and Tiffany love Loretta Lynn more than life itself. Yeah, me and Tiffany were talking. We have seen her live twice. And let me just say that we cried when we first saw her because when she sang Coal Miner's Daughter, chills. So, like, so many chills. And then the second time we saw her, we were like first row or second row. I think first row. So it was very intimate. And it's so weird, too, because like right after she passed, like the next day or two was like basically like a time hop or Facebook memories or whatever for Tiffany of them going to her concert. Yeah. Oh, gosh. She's with Do. And you know what I do? Love the adult Happy Meal from McDonald's. I thought you were going to say Patreoners. Well, I do love them, but food comes first, okay? No, no, no. Patreoners first. Thank you so much, Emily S. from Michigan. Alice B. from Mississippi. Okay. Hannah Y. from Texas. R.E.L. from... <laughs> I'm Sebastian. R.E.L. Please come back. <laughs> okay, sorry. R.E.L. from California. Thank y'all so much for joining Patreon. Look, I got my Patreoner and my Texas back. This cough is going away. See you later, pneumonia. Hello, Patreoners. <laughs> if you want an episode shout out, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, back to... This is why we get reviews that we're fat and we talk about food. Okay, no one said that. They said they're fat and they only talk about McDonald's. Did they say fat? I feel like it, but they I... said something about us talking about McDonald's all the time. Uh, well, I can't help it if I'm a local celebrity there. In my head, I said, I can't help if I have a wide set vagina and a heavy flow. <laughs> I mean, also that. <laughs> For sure with a heavy flow. Oh, gosh. Y'all, think about Carrie before you leave a negative review. She takes it to heart. I really do. Okay, so I saw a commercial at work because, you know, I work in like an outpatient therapy clinic. So there's TVs all the time. And I saw a commercial for a McDonald's adult Happy Meal. We had to record that night and I'm cooking dinner when Donna comes in to eat with us, but she didn't want what we were cooking. So she comes in and she's like holding a box. And I was like, did you get an adult Happy Meal? She goes, I did! Like a kid. I was so excited. She was so excited. I think that she would have slid straight off her chair if she would have gotten a Grimace toy. <laughs> oh my God, I wanted the Grimace so bad. I don't like the four eyes on everything. Yeah, what, when... When? When did everybody get so many eyes? (laughs) Okay, so I think it's because it's in a partnership or whatever with some like street art kind of thing. So I think that's why it has four eyes. I don't know. I'm not hip to it. But I do know that I got Birdie. Colby was on the phone when I sat down. And then he was like, oh gosh, you got an adult Happy Meal? And then as a kid would do, you have to open the toy first. He was like, you got a toy? (laughs) Yes, yes, I did. So the next day, my mom and I went to this bereavement support group. I'll go into that later. But we went to this group. And so after it, because it was right after work. So after it, she and I went and ate dinner. So he was on his own. He was like, in the text, I guess I'll go to McDonald's, get an adult Happy Meal. I was like, oh, and you're very broken up about that. I'm sure. (laughs) When I called him, he was like, they were out. <gasps> no. He didn't get one. Oh, no. <laughs> no. So back to the bereavement support group. It was great for my mom. It wasn't for me. Like the group therapy part of it, it didn't like hit home for me. Probably because it was me, my mom, and one other man. And it was run by a chaplain mm-hmm. because it's who runs it at the hospice house where dad was. Mom got a lot out of it, and she went to it when her mom, my grandma, died in the same hospice house. She went to it a couple of times, and it really helped her. But I found myself, like, when my mom would say something at that man that was in there interrupted her, like, it would make me defensive. But I also realized I haven't processed any emotions (laughs) surrounding dad's death and the wedding. The chaplain that was leading it was even, like... Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Like one time he said, so Carrie, how do you, I don't even know. How's this weather? And like immediately broke down crying. Like (laughs) the poor guy had to get up and get me tissues. And I'm like, first of all, why are tissues not out? This is one house to a bereavement support group. Can a girl get a box of Kleenexes? Right. Excuse me. Facial tissue is what it's called (laughs) in the hospital. I'm like, probably should go see somebody. Yeah. 
I think because of the wedding, it's probably hit you more. But I think you are having an existential crisis. Yes. Yes. But I think you are having what we thought I would be like with my mom. Yes. I think you would be a little bit better if my wedding wasn't attached to it within 12 hours. Yeah. Absolutely. The older you've gotten, the way more emotional you've gotten it's okay you can call me a wreck it's fine I am. <laughs> an emotional wreck whereas let's say 20 years ago because it's been it's been a solid 10 years i've been like this now ain't no way no how i'd be crying over some shit well but you also weren't medicated and you were a bitch i mean a royal cunt <laughs> so that's probably the difference too i always thought i would be like the most emotionally vulnerable person but no it's you but also you're medicated now too so uh-huh. you're less emotional and i'm more because i'm more in touch with my feelings uh-huh it's interesting because before dad past he and mom were like talking about like which one of us they because you know I've got three sisters which one of us would have the hardest time and my dad thought it would be my sister Casey my mom's like no shot it's gonna be Carrie (laughs) yes Yes. (laughs) she's tearing up now shut up (laughs) I will say though I really think it's the wedding being attached to it it's like just this impossible thing to process Like, hell, this is probably the most I've talked about it, even on the podcast, since the telling of him dying, you know? Yeah. This is kind of the thing I always say, is it's like, how do you process, like, the happiest day of your life and one of the saddest of your life, like, within hours of one another? Yeah. One thing I haven't figured out is how to tell people I got married without it being, like, a thing, because like I, this lady came by to see us because she had an appointment with the doctor and she came by to see us in therapy and she was like, like I found myself hiding my ring in my pocket because I just didn't want to talk about it. Like I just didn't want to go into it because it's like, oh yeah, I got married. Yeah, but da, 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 da. But I was telling my mom and she's like, well, you don't have to. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but what do I say? Yeah, we got married back in June. Oh, where'd you get married? Well, you know. A place in Hattiesburg? That's what I said to mom. Well, I mean, just think about it. It could be worse and he couldn't have been there. Oh, yes. No, that's not even a thing. Like, I would not change a thing. I'm just still learning how to process the emotions. Yeah. I think, too, for that bereavement support group, my mom is religious and I'm not. Mm -hmm. And since it was led by a chaplain, I didn't get any... I shouldn't say I didn't get anything because I did get something out of it. But I didn't get as much out of it as she did because I can't make that connection. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's enough about my sorrow. Well, to bring it back up a little bit, I want to play a game with you. Oh, God. Okay, we're going to do this or that Halloween edition. Trick or treat? Treat. Sour or sweet candy? Sweet. Snickers or Skittles? Skittles. Scary costume or funny costume? Funny. Hayride or corn maze? Hayride. Gotta sit down. (laughs) Salem or New Orleans? Salem. Meet a vampire or meet a werewolf? Vampire. Bob for apples or carve a pumpkin? Carve a pumpkin. Walk alone at night in a graveyard or stay in an abandoned house? Graveyard. Be trapped in a spider web or cursed by a witch? Well, how long is a curse? I'm going to guess a spider web. Be the first to die or be the final girl? In a scary movie? Well, yes. Final girl. That's all? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, what were your answers? Treat, sweet, Snickers, Funny, Hayride, New Orleans, just because I haven't been to Salem, mm-hmm. uh, Meet a Vampire, Bob for Apples. What did you say? Carve a Pumpkin? Mm-hmm. No, I'd rather Bob. Okay, this is why I don't want to do that. Because one time in fifth grade, this girl had this party, like a birthday party, and we were going to Bob for Apples at it. But I spent so long, I may have told the story, I spent so long getting my curly bangs straight, so much hairspray, all the things, had my little flannel shirt on, you know, looking... No, it wasn't. But <laughs> I felt like I was yeah. because this cute boy was going to be there. Uh, just so you'll know, not a cute boy, but go ahead. So I was like in it to win it for him to be there. And I was like, oh, we're Bob and Fables. Okay. <laughs> well, he pushed my head in and all I could smell was uh, the damn hairspray everywhere. <laughs> oh, he pushed your head down. Yeah. But, you know, it was like, tsh- that was basically like my hairspray and Bob and Fables. <laughs> So that's literally all I can think of when I think of bobbin for apples. Well, I take too long to carve a pumpkin and it never turns out right. That's the fucking truth. But like mascara was running, had to go wash my face. Like it was a whole shebang. And maybe it wasn't fifth grade. I feel like it was. I had a lot of tea at dinner. 
I'm very chatty. <laughs> I would probably, I don't know, a graveyard and cursed by a witch. I do not want a spider web and I do not want a spider like to eat me or have babies on its back. All yeah, but like a witch, like how long are they? Cur- like a spider web, you like, shoo, 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 get it off. A fucking curse could last the rest of your damn life. And what if they cursed you to be walking in spider webs all the time? Oh, mm-hmm. and then I'd be the first to die. I'm too competitive. Uh huh. But see, then you'd be sad because all your friends are dead. True. We know I'm a crier now. Uh huh. Well, keeping with the theme of Halloween, we have something to tell y'all about, and it is a podcast, Coffee and Cauldrons. Ooh said no witch ever. But are you a witch or do you want to learn about witchcraft? Because we all know places on the internet, they will have you more confused than ever and overwhelmed. And if you're trying to get into witchcraft, those are things you don't want to be. You don't want to do something wrong. No, I watched enough movies growing up. You definitely don't want to do something wrong. Some stuff always going down. So what you should do is grab a coffee and sit down with Robin and Maria from Coffee and Cauldrons podcast. Coffee and Cauldrons podcast is a weekly podcast where they discuss all things witchy with you. They also have bi-monthly main episodes and those discuss lunar phases, how you utilize them in practice, and they even have tarot card of the day. Sign me up. They explore different topics to help you expand your magical practice from an inclusive and realistic approach. And look, we know y'all love a community and they've got a thriving community both through the podcast as well as online to help you build your practice. So those episodes are mainly, you know, educational, but again, from a realistic approach. They also have something they love to call coffee talk episodes. Those are also bi-monthly episodes that explore witchy pop culture, tips, ghost stories, and all things magical as a sit-down chat that includes the community. Robin and Maria hope that you will join them on their magical journey. So grab a cup of coffee, sit down, and get ready to start making magic with Coffee and Cauldrons podcast. All right, so remember on the latest Sinister Sightings episode where we were talking about Weird New Jersey magazine and the website? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, got me thinking, and I was like, it's about damn time. Just kidding. You know, Lizzo, gotta love her. But it's about damn time to cover the Jersey Devil. And you know, weirdnj.com is where I got a lot of information. If you live in the New England area, you've probably grown up hearing about the Jersey Devil. But have no fear if you have no idea about that dang old devil, because I'm going to tell you all about it. I thought you said dangled devil, not dang old devil. I was like, oh, is he hung? I mean. Like a horse. That's such a gross saying, by the by. Yeah, because they really are hung, but like. But like it grosses me out. Like that's really a disgusting saying, actually. So let's get that imagery out of our head. Let's first talk about the place where the Jersey Devil calls home, which is New Jersey Pine Barrens. It is huge area of land, like a million acres. Jeez. And it has lots of forest. It's very dense. In some places, you can hardly walk through because of all the trees and the coverage. And some parts are like really just purely dark because the sun cannot penetrate through the trees. Kind of like my soul. In the past, the Pine Barrens, it was quite industrious. They had furnaces and they used them for their ironworks. Then the glass industry started to thrive there too because the roadways and stuff, they were really sandy, but the sand was very high quality. And so that helped with the glass work. But iron was found elsewhere and the high number of forest fires, it really messed up other industries. So the Pine Barrens were kind of left... Baron? Baron. Why are you going to take my joke, ma'am? <laughs> sorry. Like you wrote this or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been so pissed at you if you had done that to me. God. The difference in us. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't even want you to know my story. I know. <laughs> but there were some people who stayed there. And even though the citizens in that area had always struggled financially, now that most everyone had moved... It made poverty a household name. The people who stayed in the Barrens were called Pineys, which ended up kind of being an insult. I think of it like every 80s movie. They live in like a tourist town and you have like the townies. Yes. Well, and because it was such a high poverty area and stuff, 
they were kind of like the left behind people, you know, the people who couldn't afford to move. It was kind of a bad area because there would be like criminals that would call that home just because it was kind of deserted. Like, you know, folklore doesn't always have a real definitive origin story. One of your favorite things about it. But before you roll your eyes, it doesn't mean it's not real. Mm-hmm. First thing we need to do is talk about the most popular origin story. It takes place in 1735. It stars a woman named Mother Leeds, like L-E-E-D-S. She had 12 children and found out she was pregnant again, and this would be her 13th child. And you know, 13 is thought to be unlucky, and she knew nothing good would come of her having another child. She was already struggling to clothe and feed her family. So to say she was not happy when she found out she was pregnant is an understatement. People said that she declared, let it be a devil. Well, when the baby was born, it was a healthy baby boy. But then it started to morph into a deformed creature. The baby's body grew longer. The sweet, chubby newborn feet transformed into hooves. And that squishy little face hardened into a head like a horse. Ew. But you just said, yeah, when you said horse, I was like, a horse is a horse. Of course, of course. Does she know this? Then wings grew and soon before them, the baby was no more, but instead a tall, hideous creature. Before they could react, it let out a screech and flew out of the chimney. So people said she did, in fact, give birth to the devil, the Jersey devil. Think rosemary's baby you probably never watched that movie Mm -hmm. so then there's another legend but it also deals with the leeds family but it's about daniel leeds so he bought some property there in new jersey around 1676 when he immigrated from england most believe he left england because he was heartbroken from the loss of his wife he then remarried just a few years after he arrived to a lady named Anne Stacy, who sadly passed shortly after they were married in 1681, and the baby they had passed away shortly after Anne did. In 1683, Daniel married Dorothy Young, and together they had eight kids, and they seemed to have a happy life together. Five years after they married, Daniel published an almanac. Now, he was a Quaker, But he discovered that astrology was a great resource he could use to write his almanac. But that alienated some of his friends because, you know, astrology is that of the devil. When it was published, Quakers would buy the book and burn it. And I'm like, well, one, you're buying it. So I'm like, thanks for the buy. Yeah. But also like, hello, Fahrenheit. 451 or whatever it was about them burning books and shit like good lord well daniel didn't let that stop him he continued publishing an almanac until 1716 but then he let his sons take over the operation and because of daniel's work with astrology there were lots of little rumors of witchcraft and all the things and then add on his tragic losses that he had previously They were like, he's cursed because he worked with the devil. So they have that going for him. And then Titan, one of his sons who took over the almanac, he changed the family crest that appeared on the almanac. And it looks like a dragon-like creature. Honestly, it looks like what they say the Jersey devil is said to look like. You know, guess who Titan had a feud with? Uh Uh-oh. Benjamin Franklin. Old Benjamin. Well, what'd he do? So it's 1730, and they were basically like Joe Exotic and Carol Baskins. Oh, okay. So we're going back to 2020. They both had almanacs and were fighting to be the best and the most accurate. Well, old Ben Franklin, he was like, (laughs) and he predicted when Titan would die, like down to the fucking second. But he ended up being wrong. But when Titan did pass away, it was very soon after people started talking about seeing the Jersey Devil or the Leeds Devil. That's what it's called, too. Now, there's other tales, like in 1778, there was a lonely girl in Leeds Point, which is in the Pine Barrens. She had fallen in love with a British soldier, which was a no-no. 
And so she was cursed because of her act of treason. Well, the curse turned her into giving birth to the Jersey Devil. Again, always giving birth to the devil. Also, if we're just going back to where I was asked if I would walk through spiderwebs or be cursed, if they cursed me with giving birth to the devil, I don't want it. Well, you can't pick the curse, ma'am. That's not how curses work. (laughs) That witch would be like, poor unfortunate soul. Ursula had rhythm, perfect pitch, all the things this one does not. (laughs) We know. We just heard you. (laughs) It was like the saddest. Poor unfortunate soul. Yeah, our souls for listening to that shit. (laughs) You know, I can picture them, though, like the poor unfortunate souls. Like right when I said that, I just pictured his little withery body. Mm -hmm. So sad. Whatever the origin, it seems like all of the physical characteristics kind of stayed the same. It's a long-winged, grotesque being that had a horse or like a dog head, hooves for feet, and sometimes a forked tail. And something I didn't mention is before the settlers came and, you know, took over the Pine Barrens, there was a tribe there, the Lenape tribe. And they called the Pine Barrens Masing, which translates to Place of the Dragon. So they did not live really in the Pine Barrens because they thought, like, the Masing was... Masing with them? I'm gonna give that one to you. That one's good. Should have wrote that down. Damn it. (laughs) But so the Masing was a deer-like creature with a massive wingspan. It wasn't strictly evil, but it was to be respected and never toyed with, which is why they didn't really go into the barrens. Swedish explorers started to call the place Drake Kill, which meant Dragon River. So it's like all of these like dragon nicknames and all the things. And it's like, if you think about a long torsoed, winged creature that kind of has like a snout kind of head it's a fucking dragon so even though the origin stories you know like it doesn't give any credence to the folklore because it's like could have been this it could have been that it could have been blah blah, blah, blah blah but with that being said the lenape people they had been around well before the 17th century so and like that still held true so i don't know i just feel like mm, okay stick a pin in that So they say that the Jersey Devil appears every seven years, but sometimes that's not quite accurate. But the thing is, is if you see the devil, it usually means something evil or something bad is coming. It's like the harbinger of doom and despair. Good word. Thank you. Shipwrecks, storms, and wars seem to follow the sightings of the devil. So let's talk about some of those sightings. The first one was documented in 1859, and then another one in 1873, and another one in 1880. The thing about, like, it first being documented, the people who really believed that they witnessed all of this stuff were the Pineys. So if they said to anyone who wasn't a Piney, they said, hey, there's this winged creature that I saw. They're like, oh yeah, but it's a Piney who's telling us that. Right. So no, there's probably thousands of reports before that in 1859, but it wasn't until someone who didn't live in the Pine Barrens said this, you know, but people would talk about loud screeches they heard from deep in the forest And where they heard these loud wails, there would be a slew of slaughtered animals. Anything from sheep, chickens, to more domesticated animals like dogs. Oh. I know. So, one famous person had a sighting. Well, it's really his brother, like, who's much more famous. But Joseph Bonaparte, he's Napoleon's older brother. He came across the devil in 1820. He said he was hunting in Burlington County, which is where he lived at the time. And he said it let out a blood-curdling scream and scared his hunting dog something fierce. Then in 1909, there was a hotbed of sightings all over the Delaware Valley. Like seriously, a thousand people claimed to witness the devil. It all started in January, so there was still snow on the ground, and many of the homeowners said they would hear something land on their roof, and they'd hear loud screeches, but the next morning, like when they would go out to see what's going on, they would find hoof tracks that would mysteriously end. 
But then begin again a few feet later. So it was like something that could get up off the ground for a minute and then come back down. One man said that he saw it while he was traveling down the road. He heard a loud hissing sound and then something flew across the street. But it had the speed faster than he had ever seen any animal possess. There is a spotting in Lockhaven, Pennsylvania, where a night watchman saw the devil flying overhead around a paper mill. He described the creature as having a long neck, large head with fiery eyes. He said it was about 10 feet long from tail to head. Another sighting was by a naval commander, Stephen Decatur. He was testing cannonballs over at Hanover Mills, which is in the Pine Barrens, and he saw the devil. He shot at it, and he was like, you know when you hit something with a cannonball? And so he knew he hit it, but it didn't even phase the creature. There was a railroad conductor, William Callahan, who said he saw the devil flying above a mill, and the description matched, and he said the devil was flying back east, and he assumed going back to the Pine Barrens. The sightings died down a bit after that craze, but then in 1927, there was a taxi driver in Salem City, and he said that while he was changing his tire, he heard something pounding on the roof of the car. And that's when he laid eyes on this hideous, odd-looking creature, and he knew then and there that the Jersey Devil was real. The sightings really ebbed and flowed. You know, it'd be quiet, then a sighting, and then peace again, and then a sighting. Like in 1972, Mary Ritzer Christensen said she was on Green Tree Road, and she saw a really tall figure on the road, about 25 feet behind her, and she said it was taller than the average man, had haunches like a goat, and had a real, like, huge woolly head. What the hell are haunches? Like hindquarters. Oh. You've never heard someone say, like, rest your haunches? Not one time in my life. We're gonna ask Colby, I bet he has. In the 1980s, Alan McFarlane, he was a chief ranger of the Wharton State Forest, And he said that he was called to a farmer's house near Jenkins. And he was called there because four of the farmer's pigs were all slaughtered. But the thing is, is how they were killed. All of the back of their heads had been eaten out and scratches just riddled their bodies. No tracks, no blood. And he was like, I don't have an explanation for what happened. And the farmer was like, it's the Jersey Devil. It has to be. On WeirdNJ.com, there were several people who left their own personal stories, and one came from a man named Keith, and he said he was about 13 when he was camping near the Hampton Furnace. He had a bow with him, and he was hunting rabbit, and no, he was not Elmer Fudd, but he was getting his dinner, but something started following him along the trees. But whatever it was, it circled his campsite while he cooked, and then there was silence. He never really saw anything, so he decided to call it a night. He was in his tent, about to, you know, just nestle down for the night, and he heard loud foot stomp hard behind the tent. But when Keith was about to get out of the tent and run, because hello, he heard the loudest scream he ever had heard in his life, and so he froze. It was as loud as, like, a large truck's horn, and he said it was just, like, several screeches, And then it stopped. He didn't hear anything except his heart pounding for the next hour. And he finally fell asleep. In the morning, he couldn't find any prints anywhere. And there's so many sightings like the ones I've told y'all. But is it mass hysteria? Is it all a hoax? Or is there really a cryptid stalking the Pine Barrens and the surrounding areas? But if we look at the time of when the origin stories take place... It could be a sad truth, like birth defects were high, mm-hmm. and they might have thought the baby was deformed and a monster, but he was just born with the birth defect. Because we all know stories where people have had that happen, and then they like lock the child away or, you know, whatever, and then when the child breaks free, people are like, oh my god, it's a monster. And so it's just so heartbreaking to think about that, but that really could be a thing. But also the Pineys, you know, the people who remained in the Pine Barrens, they said they saw the devil a lot. They talked about a lot of the sightings, but maybe it was their way of keeping people they didn't want in the woods out. 
maybe it was like a boogeyman they made up to protect themselves from people who would try to force them to, you know, move, force them to do anything they didn't want to do. So that was how they kept their little group protected. But I will leave you with this. Cryptids are cryptids until they're proven to be a new species. Because you might be like, no, a cryptid's always a cryptid. However, the Komodo dragon was a cryptid. Until 1910, there were stories that people laughed at about a giant lizard in Indonesia until a lieutenant caught and killed one. And then they were like, well, that could have been anything. So an explorer went to the island and captured two. They were given to the Bronx Zoo and actually inspired King Kong and like the giant squid that was rumored to live deep in the ocean. But in 2004, researchers took photos. And then in 2006, scientists from Japan's National Science Museum caught a giant squid, 24 feet. So again, that was a cryptid. So I tell you all that to say things sound silly or unreal until they become real until someone that we see as smart or credible, give them a name. So just think about that before you dismiss the Jersey Devil. Well, before we get into my take, we've got to talk about Care Of because they are back and we know that they care of all of us. Yes, they do. And what's Care Of, you ask? Well, you haven't listened to our other ads, huh? But they are a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. And fall's here, you know, spooky season, our favorite season, and it's the perfect time to reset and think about little changes that you can make in your daily routine to better your health and prep for the new year coming. Y'all, and they are launching this new thing that I am so stoked about. We all know your girl over here, let's just say I got a bad gut. You got stomach issues. I got them too. (laughs) Yes, We got 99 problems and my stomach issues, they're all of them. (laughs) Yes. Care of is launching their gut musts line. So this is products that are aimed specifically at managing bloating, gas, indigestion, and weight. And if you've been on TikTok like we have, you know that gut health is the foundation to your overall health and it influences areas like sleep, weight, immunity, and mood. When my gut health isn't in check, it affects every aspect of my day. Like literally from the time I roll out of bed until the time I go to bed. And like this said, even while you're in bed. So if you're like, oh snap, I need to get in on that. We got you. So you go take a short but in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and your health goals for a personalized recommendation. And so that means they take the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. And the best part is, it's a subscription-based system. So it's going to come directly to your door every month in personalized little packages that are like, hey boo, take this stuff. Think about it as a vitamin advent calendar daily just open it up a package of goodies and those little packages come with your name on them which is chef's kiss so how do you get in all this good good and even better 50 percent off of your first order of this good good you're going to go to takecareof.com and enter code creep 50 for 50 percent off your first order that is takecareof.com T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F dot com and you enter code CREEP50 for 50% off your first care of order. So what are you waiting on? Your gut will thank you. Okay, so I was kind of thinking, like you said, as far as maybe they had like some sort of developmental delay or some sort of birth defect because people are shit now, but people were like really shit then. Yes, Sad, but true. But I kind of feel like, well, how you said like the kimono dragon and how you were saying like, it has to be somebody credible. And I was like, and not like a piney. But I feel like even the pineys would have some sort of proof. Like surely there was some sort of kimono dragon carcass somewhere. There wasn't until... it. No, don't buy it. There was not no way that nothing that the local people had nothing to prove it until this one outsider came in and was like look what i found don't buy it i don't know i'm sure they did but also no one believes it until because you would be like that could be a carcass of anything for sure but i'm saying like there is other proof 
other than just this outsider who's not a piney that came in and was like, here it is, you know? Well, people have that of Bigfoot and other things, but... Yeah, but Bigfoot's not real. Uh Uh-huh. Because, again, it's not like it's this one area of locals saying, this exists, and other people are like, no, it's not. That's all these people in all these other places saying, this exists, this being Bigfoot, and there's no evidence. I know that, like, opened Pandora's box. I'm saying, like, a carcass. We're never going to agree on cryptids. Oh, absolutely not, because they're not real. Uh, You would have said no to a Komodo dragon. You probably don't even know what they look like. No, honestly, all I'm picturing is the thing from Mulan. (laughs) A fucking bearded dragon? Sure. I don't know. I'm not hip to the dragon lingo. (laughs) Me either. I just watched all the seasons of Game of Thrones. Are they in Game of Thrones? Dragons, yes. Oh, okay. You say that like you knew that before you watched it. I did. Oh, okay. Khaleesi, mother of dragons. Okay, ma'am. Didn't know that you minored in dragonage. (laughs) It's dragon lore, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm just digging deeper. If you dig down deep enough, you probably will find a carcass. And then you'll be like, guess what I found? It really does exist. And I'm going to say tally for motherfucking Donna. My money's on a birth defect and people are assholes. All right. So the other night I was going to bed and, you know, had on Discovery Plus this time. And I was watching Devil in Suburbia. Me too. Just kidding. The story that was on that night, I was like one eye in it because I was trying to go to sleep, you know. And I was like, but this sounds really good. So I like grabbed my phone and like Googled the name and like screenshot it. And here we are. So this was on a couple of different shows. It was on Web of Lies, Devil in Suburbia. I found this really great article on Lohud, like L-O-H-U-D. It was like five different articles. I feel like there's a lot to unpack in this story. So I'm just going to kind of give you pieces to the puzzle. But again, that article and those shows give you so much more. Basically, I'm giving you the Cliff's Notes versions, registered, trademarked. What's Spark Notes? Not sure. I feel like they might be the same. I don't know. Cliff's Notes were the little yellow books, yellow and black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also Spark Notes sounds like like a website for. Uh, it's probably not. I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. But like, it sounds like website version. Look, we don't know anything about drugs, and we also don't know anything about cheating in school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for those couple of online classes in college that we oh, took God. together. Definitely cheated in those. So this story centers around Lacey Spears. So Lacey was born the youngest of three kids, October 16th, 1987. That'd be Tiffany's birthday. That's also like right around the corner. Uh Uh-huh. Lacey was basically born and raised in Decatur, Alabama. Real close. Yeah, but what's weird is you said Decatur in your story. Yeah, his last name. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah. Because Decatur, Alabama is... I think for us, like, on the way to Tuscaloosa, but it's very small. It's, like, 55,000 people. Like, it's a... I shouldn't say very small, because... Yeah, very small, and it's way bigger than our city. But it's a smaller town. I mean, it's got, like, 55,000 people in it, but it's still... It's not fucking New York. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, okay. Talk about apples and oranges. Fuck. You could have said not Birmingham. God bless. Or Tuscaloosa or any other mobile... Okay. Okay. Well, listen, this is what I found in that article I was telling you about. Decatur used to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most churches per capita of anywhere on the globe. Oh, Lord. When Lacey was a teenager, she worked at a fast food place and she worked alongside a girl named Autumn Hunt. Okay. This is not the same Autumn that we know from Facebook and stuff. You know, like our creepster. I don't think so. Even though same state. Very true. Autumn, is this you, girl? I don't think so. So Lacey worked with Autumn at the fast food place. Autumn ended up having a son in her teens whose name was Jonathan. Now Lacey adored Jonathan, called him John John, loved this kid, and would do anything to help Autumn raise him, like would take care of him, babysit him, all the things. And eventually Lacey left her job at the fast food place and started working for a daycare. Now this is also the same daycare that John John attended. There were lots of times that Autumn was like, hey, like I'm caught up at work or whatever. Like, can you just keep him for the night? And she's like, yeah, I'll just take him to work with me in the morning. Like they were close friends and John John was just really a part of Lacey's life. And the girls went to high school together. And I mean, you know, they, they really knew each other. Well, after high school, when Lacey was working at the daycare. She moved into a two-bedroom apartment with her sister. And this is where Lacey would keep 
John John most of the time. Like, he would spend weekends with her, like, a great deal of time together. But that's where things got kind of weird. So, Lacey would post pictures, like, on her MySpace and make it seem like John John was her kid. Oh. She basically told everybody that John John was her kid. But, like, it's not. It's Autumn's. Even to the point where when people would comment on her pictures, like, is he yours? She would say yes. Now, John John had a little bit of a rough go of it because he got a lot of ear infections. Like, Autumn said that sometimes, like, pus would even come out of his ears. She said that Lacey was a huge help with all that because she would keep him when Autumn was overwhelmed. And even though Autumn said that she looked at Lacey not even really as, like, a nanny. It was really just, like, a friend that helped her. But she never had to give her money or supplies, like diapers or anything like that. Lacey even had a crib at her apartment for John John. Lacey lived on the second floor of this apartment complex and a guy named Chris Hill lived kind of like under her. And they didn't know each other at all. I mean, they had seen each other coming and going in the apartment complex. But one day, Lacey knocked on his door and was like, hey, can you help me put together this crib? So he goes up to her apartment, helps her put this crib together. They start talking. One thing leads to another. And they end up in a sexual relationship. And it lasts for a little while. And Lacey ends up getting pregnant. She and Chris start talking about getting married, and he's like, I want to be a part of this baby's life, all the things. Lacey seemed to be in it too. Like, they would talk about names, and Lacey was like, I want to name him Garnet. And he was like, "Uh, let's keep looking. You know, just stuff like that. Like, they were a couple who it seems like started as a friends with benefits type thing that just was kind of thrust into something way more serious, and they seemed to be on the same page. One day, like, something changed with Lacey. She was like, you know what? I don't want this whole marriage thing. And you know what? This isn't even your kid. And he's, of course, like, what happened? There's a lot of holes in this story of Chris and why he didn't pursue things. But you never know somebody's money situation and all of that to, like, get a paternity test and hire an attorney to get custody and all the things. Like, some people just can't fucking do it. So I'm not casting judgment, but there's some holes to it, I feel like. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And sometimes people just don't know how to take that step towards getting that stuff. So this is all happening like circa 2008, 2009. So, you know, you got Facebook, you got Twitter, you got all this social media stuff. Lacey is very involved in the social media. The more you're telling about this, I'm like, God, I feel like I know this, but also I have no idea where you're going. Well, once Lacey had her baby, she did name him Garnet. Some of her friends say that almost as soon as she had the baby, it was like she's ready for a second baby. Garnet, like, isn't that a gemstone? Is it my gemstone? She wanted to have a second baby and she wanted to name that baby Garnet. Now, she loves stones. (laughs) Yes. You know what? I don't want to tell you this because it's probably going to make you be like, oh, okay, but this story has recently blown up on TikTok. But I have to say, I actually have not seen this on TikTok. I will now, but (laughs) I haven't. So the timeline of this next part is kind of confusing to me. There was some oddities about her pregnancy and, again, timeline and people involved and all the things. So at first, like I said, she told Chris he was the dad. And they talked about getting married. And then she's like, you know what? You're actually not the dad. I want to preface this next part with she kind of had an obsession about police officers, according to Chris and other people. She was a badge bunny. A wannabe. After she kind of took the weird turn with Chris of the no marriage and this isn't your kid, she started posting on her blog and social media stuff that Garnet's dad was a guy named Blake. And Blake was a police officer that died in a car wreck. So not like a line of duty killing that you could like look Uh it up and prove. No, this is just, I think it was a state police officer that was killed in a car wreck. Yeah. I feel like that still makes the news, especially in the South. Yeah. Even if it's not service related, that shit still makes the news. Uh Uh-huh. But then she also starts to say things like, Blake was her soulmate, and they were engaged. They really loved each other, and that she had been pregnant before Garnet, and that she had lost the baby, and that baby was Blake's as well. And so a lot of people are like, who the fuck is Blake? Right. It's like, 
you know, yeah, there's 55,000 people there, but it's still kind of a small town. It definitely has that small town feel, according to all the stuff I read. You know, I think I've driven through there once. You know, they're like, we grew up with her. Like, you know, it's a smaller high school. Like, you would know if she had this soulmate. Not like a, hey, this is my, like, this is her soulmate that she lost in a car crash. Like, who the fuck is Blake? Yeah. And Chris is like, and where did he fit in? Like, where did I end and he begin? Right. Sometimes she would say things like she knew Blake in high school and they'd been soulmates forever. And some stuff, it made it seem like they met after high school, you know, but again, after high school wasn't that long in this timeline. She's young. Are we putting a pin in the whole John John situation? Well, no, not really. It kind of just seemed to just end. Because I think what happened is when she got pregnant with, I hate to say this, but like her own baby, you know, Mm -hmm. she was able to kind of shift her focus. Yeah. It's like she had an obsession with having a baby. Yeah. And she was using John John as hers and portraying it to be hers. Yeah. And now I will say, though, that she did post pictures of John John and Garnet and was like, brotherly love. They love each other so much. You know, like kind of made it seem like she had to. But... It didn't really go anywhere from there. Okay. And Lacey, after she had Garnet, she kept Chris at bay. She even threatened to call police on him if he didn't keep his distance. He was 29, I think, at the time that they had Garnet, and she was at most in her early 20s. And so I don't really, I don't know if he just didn't have the resources or what to be like, no, if that's my child. Yeah, and you never know, like, if she had something, like, to hold over his head to keep him at bay. True. But Garnet was the love of Lacey's life. Who, No matter who Blake was, Garnet Paul Thompson Spears was born December 3rd, 2000. Wait, how many names did he have? Well, Garnet Paul was hyphenated, but he went by Garnet. So, but Garnet Paul Thompson Spears. Okay. But he was born December 3rd, 2008. Lacey was one of those people that posted Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, literally every social media outlet that she could get her hands on. She had blogs, like she kept people up to date with her and Garnet's life. But Garnet had a rough go of it. By the time he was just one month old, he already was having to have surgery for acid reflux. And unfortunately, by the time he was one year old, he had been in the hospital 23 times. Oh gosh, is this a Gypsy Rose thing? Who keeps up with that? I mean, doctors. This is going to sound like the dumbest and kind of assholey example, but I feel like when you're young and you're like, I took 17 shots. Like, who the fuck keeps up with that? Someone that's young to be like, oh my God, I'm so drunk. Look how much I can drink. Yeah. You know, like, who the fuck keeps up with that? Just, if you're going to drink, drink. If you're going to do whatever, do whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody needs to know the exact fucking number of how many. I had four beers, three shots, and two glasses of tequila. Well, (laughs) I know what you're talking about, but if it was your son, you would know how many times he had been. I don't know that I would know the exact. Yes, you would. Would I? Maybe. Well, one, because you'd be paying those bills, so you would know this is from the first visit, second visit, third visit, and after like four visits in months. Yeah, that's two a month. Yeah, like I feel like you'd be like, okay, I've been here eight times, so why is it, you know what I mean? Like I feel like because of that- But I get what you're saying. Like, who keeps up with that? But also... You're right. If I was like, we've come twice a month his entire fucking life. I can see me doing that. But I guess it's just like 23 times. Yeah. That's just weird to me. But you're right. You're right. When Garnet was in the hospital, Lacey would tell them that he was having difficulty eating, keeping food down because of the acid reflux and all the things. And he got a feeding tube. Yes. But at first... You know, the doctors and all were like, he doesn't need one. She's been an advocate for her son being like, no, he is not getting the nutrients he needs. He's not growing. He needs a feeding tube. And the doctors were like, no, he doesn't. There was a nurse who used to work at the Decatur General Hospital. In this one article that I told y'all was like the five pieces, like she goes off in it. Now, I do want to preface this with there are two occasions in which this woman has lost her state nursing license. One of them was related to drugs and she did rehab, paid her fine, did all the things. And then one of them, she said that she gave up her license for medical reasons because she had brain surgery. This article is like, but the records show that she voluntarily surrendered due to a disciplinary action. So, 
could she have like messed something up because of this brain surgery and so she's like oh wait i need to put down the knife yeah she ain't doing surgery but you get my point yeah you know it could be argued that she's not a dependable source on these nursing topics so I would imagine that Decatur Hospital is a lot like our local hospital and that there's a pediatric floor and, you know, the nurses get to know a kid who's been in and out of the hospital 23 times in one year of life. Yeah. I mean, I kind of am leaning on old nurse's side here a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to like her losing her license and stuff, I mean, people have addictions and people have lost their licenses due to addictions and get their life back on track and all of that. But it doesn't make her any less reliable as like a witness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So she said that people were a little suspicious of Lacey because when Garnet was in the hospital and she would take him with her to the nurse's station to like let him hang out with her whatever while mom rested or anything, her being the nurse. I'm sorry, that he would eat just fine, would keep it down and could eat basically whatever they gave him. But I feel like there's a lot of situations where people at this hospital felt like things weren't going the way it should go for Garnet and they would report it but it was like they wouldn't make a claim. So like for this example, one time they saw Lacey like basically giving Garnet a bath and she was growing frustrated with him and like held him under for a second. Oh, God. Yeah. And that it was a moment where she was overwhelmed. And so when they reported it, it was like she needs assistance, not a, hey, this kid's in danger. Oh, she held him under a little bit. I don't care. Right. But... In the system, it becomes more of, hey, let's give her resources for anger, for this, for how to handle this kid, how to be a parent, all of that, not, hey, do we need to remove this kid? So it just kind of like triggered a different Mm -hmm. set of alarm bells. No, see, you remove the kid and also give her those things, yes. Right. But this article from LOHA did a lot of research, and they even reached out to the Department of Human Resources that handles the child protective cases, and they didn't have a record of a case being opened for Garnet. So when, in this article, they were talking to this guy named Barry Spear, not related to the, okay. to Lacey Spears, he basically said, like, it, so if a hospital calls and says, you know, hey, this happened, some support services may be offered instead of, like, a full-blown investigation, which is basically what I just told you. So aside from Garnet having the issues, air quotes, with feeding, he would also go to the hospital a lot with ear infections. Wait, that's what John John had. Whose ear infections stopped after he quit going with... Lacey. Oh, shit. But even the nurse that was interviewed was like, how was he getting ear infections? You know? So they worked with her on feeding techniques because, you know, with a baby, if you're feeding them with them lying down, they are more prone to ear infections. I did not know that. Let me just say, this is not the story I thought I knew, so I am invested. (laughs) I will say, though, that one thing I read was like, Garnet had to have a tube in at least one of his ears. Uh, I had to have tubes twice. Same. I know. I was like, okay, well, that's a little, like, sensationalizing. Yes. Same. Lacey had, like, pushed that hospital being like, he needs a feeding tube, he needs a feeding tube. And they're like, no, he doesn't. He's eating. He doesn't need it. So she eventually took him to a different hospital that put the feeding tube in. Of course. Well, when Garnet was about two years old, Lacey decided to move from Decatur, Alabama to Clearwater, Florida to live with her grandmother. I thought you were going to say to become a Scientologist. No. Close. Later. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Kind of. Sort of. Okay. So she lived with her grandmother, Peggy Florence. It was great. Like Peggy had just lost her son from cancer. And so she doted on Garnet and just loved him so much and gave him all the things and like even like closed in her porch so that he could have like a playroom. Now, Lacey was very particular about Garnet's diet and all of that. And so that's what's weird to me is that like he ate, but he also had a feeding tube. So June 28th of 2012, she made a post that said, my child does not eat off plastic, have his food cooked in the microwave, play with plastic toys that light up and talk. He isn't vaccinated, doesn't follow Western medicine. No, I won't take his pacifier until he is ready to let it go. And at the end of the day, he's loved, nurtured, thriving, happy, and always put first. 
not going to come for anybody's parenting. Your choice. But it seems like there was some conflict, like, based on her posts. So it seemed like there was a little riff in paradise living with her grandmother, where they had some different ideologies. And Lacey really thrived off of the Facebook with people being like, you're a great mom. You do you. Don't let anybody tell you how to be as a mom. You know, she really thrived off of that. Narcissist. I just think it's very conflicting, though, because, you know, she's like, he's not vaccinated, didn't believe in, like, antibiotics and all this Western medicine, but, like, takes him to the hospital 23 times and gets a feeding tube and all these Western things. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool until you need it or you want it. But eventually, Lacey moves to, it's called Fellowship Community in Chestnut Ridge in New York. And it's a live-off-the-land kind of place where some people are there kind of in like, what a picture, like assisted living. And other people, it's like a commune. And the younger people take care of the people who I would think would be like in like an assisted living, nursing home type thing. And they all you kind of live off the land, you know, everything's natural, all the things. So Lacey ends up moving up there with Garnet. When Lacey got to the commune, for lack of a better word, or community as they call it, she kept up the ruse that Blake was the dad and that was the soulmate love of her life and he died in a car wreck. And at this point, she was even wearing a engagement ring she said he gave her. Oh, she's adding in props now. Right. Okay. Everybody knew that Garnet loved owls. Some people at the community said, yeah, because Lacey told him his dad came back as an owl. And Lacey seemed to have a bit of a difficult time while she was there. She accused two men of like various, not even sexual assaults, as much as like sexual advances. Like she said, one, it seemed like just made advances towards her. And with that incident, the guy and his wife ended up like leaving the circle because it was that, that was the second one. Now, the first one, she said that a guy had exposed himself to her twice and the police were called and the guy's like, I didn't fucking do that. And it was kind of like a he said, she said thing, which I know y'all that's very problematic, which is especially hard when you have an alleged victim that is known for having a history of lying and fabricating stories. Yeah. Now, did it happen to her? She would be the perfect victim for it because nobody would believe her. Right. So, I mean, that's literally like an episode of SVU writing itself. But nothing really came of any of that. But everything kind of came to a head when Garnet was taken to the hospital because he was really sick. So in January of 2014, Garnet had gotten sicker. He had fever, a really bad stomach ache, and a headache. So she took him to the doctor and they're like, I don't know what's wrong with him. They admitted him to the hospital while he was there. Things got a little bit better. And then they were going to discharge him and he got worse. Bad, bad headache and started having seizure-like activity. How old was he at this point? Five. Five, okay. So what the hospital did was they set up a camera in his room and then put all like the EEG leads on his head so they could monitor him via camera and then see what was going on with his brain activity. He starts doing better and better and so they decide that they were going to discharge him again. But before they could discharge him, he took another turn for the worse. They found that his sodium levels were extremely high and basically it caused swelling in his brain and it caused him to code. He was transferred to another hospital where he was placed on life support and eventually Garnet succumbed to his illness. Oh my gosh. Of course, what does Lacey do? She takes it to social media and she's telling everyone about how heartbroken she is. And everybody's like, he was just fine. Like, what happened? Like, how did he take this turn so fast? Well, when they reviewed the tape, they caught something. Lacey had put salt in his feeding tube. Oh my gosh. And not only that, Lacey had called someone in the community told them to get rid of a feeding tube bag at her apartment oh shit so basically the police start investigating this and they charge her with murder because they're like she has well what used to be called munchausen's by proxy which is now called factitious disorder imposed on another 
So Lacey ended up being charged with second-degree murder, first-degree manslaughter, and she took it to trial. The trial lasted 14 days. Is she really delusional? Yeah, I mean, there's literally a smoking gun. Like, they have video. And, and I mean, it's not super easy to see because it's like she's holding this white cup that has the salt in it. And you see her, like, take him to the bathroom. And then after that, his sodium levels go through the roof. He's sick again. And that happens not once, but twice. Yeah. And then the pattern of it all from the 23 trips and everything else, he'd get better than worse. Better than worse. Right. They found her guilty, and Lacey was sentenced to 20 years to life. She still maintains her innocence. As of late, like I said, this has kind of blown up on TikTok recently. And I saw this one thing where it was like, she was saying like, she's getting bullied in prison and all of this. And it's like, while I think people should be treated humanely in prison, I'm like, fuck you. You bullied your fucking son and he died. I would not put it past her to have a relationship with a guard oh, to get pregnant. Oh, 100%. She wanted a kid because she wanted all the attention that her friend was getting. And so that's why she started posting pictures like that was her kid. And then she had a relationship with Chris because she was asking him, like, I feel like weird questions. Like, do I want to have a kid with this guy questions, you know? Uh-huh. And then got pregnant, completely cut him out of Garnet's life because she wanted all the attention. She didn't want to have... I mean, it's the fucking Gypsy Rose of it all. I just don't understand it because, I mean, do you think, like, it went too far and she didn't mean to kill him? Or do you think that she really did? And in that article, Chris's interview... Sorry, I didn't even give you a chance to answer, but Chris was saying that he had nothing to do with anything, but he heard or saw that Garnet died and he was like crushed so he had reached out to her like added her as a friend on facebook and she eventually added him back and was like our son blah 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 and like oh my god said like it was his son and like we'll forever be connected by our son oh. and blah, blah 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 like there's a lot of mental health things going on when it comes to Lacey. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think that she meant to kill him? At I don't that think point? she meant to kill him. I think it went too far, but she was desperate to keep him there. Mm-hmm. And she, she's not a medical person. Didn't know the amount that you could get away with. And it just happened. And I, I feel bad because she lost a kid, but it was from her own doing right and i mean that doesn't mean that she doesn't mourn right because i mean it's a mental health issue like she may not even have realized what she was doing was wrong i mean she did because she took him in the bathroom true she knew but you know what i mean yes she knew she might not could have helped herself but she knew it was wrong but i also am like thinking of gypsy rose blanchard and it's like I mean, at least Garnet didn't suffer as long as Gypsy Rose did. Should Gypsy Rose have killed her mom? No. But, like, at least he wasn't a teenager and finding out his age wasn't his age. You know, it just makes me so mad because parents who do have to advocate for their children like she was quote-unquote doing, it just casts such a negative view. You know, I just feel like it makes it just that harder for them to be seen as, like, a legitimate concerned parent and you know and not just like trying to foster sympathy i mean even some of my own friends that have i mean they're taking their kids to pediatricians and they're saying this is going on you know something's wrong with their hearing something's wrong with their vision hey i think that they need some ot because they're you know having all these issues and the pediatrician's saying they're going to grow out of it no they're fucking not they're not going to grow out of it if you don't address it like how do you spot those red flags to where no this is a concerned parent who's truly knows their child and is advocating for them what are the red flags yeah i don't know that's so hard but you know also it just makes me so mad because i feel like she liked having the control of he was fine when she wanted him to be fine but then was sick when she needed the attention yeah and so it's just like How dare you do that to your child? But also, how dare you... Because parents who have kids with disabilities or diseases like this, they can't just turn it off. And so she's trying to garner that sympathy that they get. And deserve. And deserve, yes. And then it's like, oh, well, we want to go to... I'm just saying this, but like the aquarium today. So next week, I won't do anything bad so we can go. Right. You know, and it's like, that's not realistic. That's not how it works. She just should not be put in that same category as them because bless those parents' hearts. 
And also, fuck you for taking resources from people who need them. So, 100. like, how many times did they go to the ER and somebody else who's actually sick? Well, don't get me wrong. Garnet was actually sick because yeah. she was actually hurting him. But, like, someone who's actually hurt and sick is in the waiting room and not being seen because you're being seen. Yeah. Because you want your kid to have a feeding tube he doesn't need. Now, obviously, towards the end, like I said, he was actually sick because she was forcing it. All the other times, he didn't have trouble with acid reflux. He was eating. And it wasn't like she was keeping him from eating. Like, he was still able to eat. And she would supplement his food with the feeding tube. Like you said, when she wanted to have a kid with a medically fragile or a medically complex kid, she would. But when she didn't, she didn't. Yeah, because she couldn't fathom if he actually was what's the word you just used, uh, medically fragile. If he actually had those issues that she was causing, she wouldn't want that. When parents do anything with ill will to their children, it makes me so freaking mad. Well, because there's so many couples out there who want children and can't have them. And then for you to do something to hurt the child that you have, fuck you. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. Fuck off. We definitely want to know what y'all think about the cryptid sitch. Yes, the Jersey Devil. Are you a Donna or are you a Carrie? Carrie's right. Donna's right. <laughs> yeah, tell us your opinions and they can definitely differ from ours. I mean, they shouldn't, but they could. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and of course, support our sponsors. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get, get scared. scared.